be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast so you have access to new content as soon as it comes out. And don't forget to share it so you can be a part of that ripple effect of Go Be Love. And if you're someone who's struggling with the Go Be Love concept, if you're someone sitting at home hurting, think you'd benefit from some coaching, or if you're an organization that's just looking to add chaplains into your workforce, go to gobeloveinc.com and schedule a free 15-minute session with me now. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for coming back to Go Be Love. This week, we have Carl Harlan from CBRC Expo Center in. And it's a real treat, not only for me, but I'm really excited for all of you to hear Carl and just his motivation in his heart. Carl is one of the few people who actually knew me from the beginning when I struggled a little bit with alcohol into my rock bottom and then stuck around for me to to climb back out of it. So it's a real treat to have you here, Carl. And just thank you so much for making the trip. Why don't you just take a second and introduce who you are, what CBRC is, and let us know how that became about and how you got affiliated with it. Okay. I, I guess to uh, get a start, uh, born and raised south of Terre Haute, Indiana, my wife and I both, and we grew up about a mile apart, got married <laughs> almost 36 years ago, and uh, wound up in the seed business selling seed to farmers and uh, moved north. We're at a little town called Waynetown, Indiana, which is about 10 miles west of Crawfordsville. And I guess the tie-in to C-Bar-C is that Cindy, my wife, always wanted to be a barrel racer, wanted to be involved in horses, and had a horse since she was a kid. And we, uh, After we got married, why we got her a horse, and she started barrel racing, and then I started barrel racing, and uh, we had kids, and... The kids were growing up, and our daughter got involved in it. Our son tried it, <laughs> but he was more interested in the farm with me. And uh, Ashley, our daughter, I mean, she was 100% with the horses with her mom all the time. And over time, uh, uh, partly because of CBRC, I uh, backed away from the horses, or at least the riding part of it. And um, there was this event center about an hour south of where we live, at, um, had been built by three partners uh, solely, really, to have horse events and uh, major regional, national caliber events um, just hosted here in, you know, west central Indiana. And uh, the timing was, you know, I mean, timing's everything a lot of times, and, and um, these three guys sunk everything into it, and then uh, the economy turned south in 2006 and really the timing couldn't have been any worse and the facility wound up in receivership and we had we had showed there several times uh, especially Cindy but I mean uh, I tell a lot of people I can remember walking in there for the first time and just walking around with my mouth open I just I couldn't imagine anybody would build a place like this you yeah. know and never ever had in my mind you boy, I'd like to own a place like this because I, mean, I I never would have thought it was possible. And um, anyway, it went into receivership and uh, it had been listed by a commercial real estate company. And Cindy and I had went to a, a meeting down in Spencer, which is uh, about a half hour south of the facility. And we were on our way back and we'd heard all these rumors, you know, growing up in weeds and all these kind of things. And so we thought, well, we'll drive back there on the way home and look at it see what things look like. And there was a realtor sign out there by the road, commercial realtor. 
And um, I asked Cindy if she had a ink pen and a piece of paper, and she goes, why? And I said, oh, I'm just going to write <laughs> down the information. And she goes, are you interested in this? And I said, no, but, you know, it doesn't hurt to ask. I'll see what they want for it and what the terms are or what's going on with it. So I wrote the information down and probably sat on it for two weeks, just had that slip of paper in my pickup truck. And one day, uh, and I remember where I was, I thought, well, I'll give the guy a call. And uh, so I called up the realtor, and, and his name was Michael Weiser. And um, uh, to be blunt, I just told him, I said, look, I'm just some poor bastard. I said, <laughs> you know, you got people with money that would probably be interested in this. And I said, that's that's no problem. But I said, if you wind up in a position where nobody else is interested in it, you know, I, I would talk to you. And he said, uh, well, no, he says, well, I don't have anybody beating down my door to get it. He goes, you know, what, let's, let's put an offer in. And so we put an offer in that, that I thought was, was pretty low, <laughs> pretty reasonable, but pretty low. And, um, the, it was held, the, uh, it was held in receivership for, um, um, Huntington bank and the USDA on one of those um, rural development loans. And um, they approved my offer. Well, then the next step was getting financing. And so for six months, now I was working full-time. I had a more than full-time job, actually, and we were farming. And I'm going around to different financial institutions, you know, trying to, trying to get a loan for this. And the loans we could get I didn't want, and the loans that we wanted we couldn't get. <laughs> But the, the, the ironic part of the story is that one of the very first people that I talked to was the local bank president there in Cloverdale. And, and that was somebody, our now manager, Steve, who was one of the original three partners, had put me on to. And, and Gary and I, uh, the president, had lunch one day, hit it off. I mean, it, was, it looked like this was going to work out, you know. And, and then there were just some other people involved in it that I – couldn't get along with and that all fell apart and so like I said for you know another five months or something I kind of shopped it around nothing came to be you know and and Cindy my wife said uh, you know she was pretty disappointed because she'd gotten her hopes up you know that we were going to be able to do this and get it done and I, I told her I said you know if God wants us to have this we'll have it if God doesn't want us to have it we don't want it <laughs> I know you know and, and then um, the day the stage collapsed at the Indiana State Fair, our daughter Ashley and I were working a charity booth for Beck's Hybrids, which is the, the company that I worked for at that time, and um, phone rings, and it's the realtor. And uh, he says, hey, you better do something quick. He goes, uh, the bank wants to take this to auction. And I said, good. And he goes, what do you mean good? I said, well, we'll find out what it's really worth. He goes, well, I didn't think you were going to say that. And I said, no, you thought I'd get all excited and go do something rash. And I said, you know, we've exhausted all these possibilities. And I said, you know, it's like I've told you before too, Michael. He said, God wants us to have it. We're going to have it. And if God doesn't want us to have it, we don't want it. I know. So he goes, well, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I, I said, this is kind of a different route now. And I said, I'll, I'll shop it around a little more and talk to couple others that I'd talked to that maybe would be interested now. Nothing worked out. And Steve had a, a friend, quote unquote, that he thought he might be interested in financing it, you know, and stuff. And 
that didn't work out because him and I didn't play well together. And um, so it goes to auction. And the day of the auction, I walked. It was at the facility. And the day of the auction, I walked in there um, empty-handed. And uh, first person I walk into is Gary, the local bank president. And, and just a super, super sweet guy. And he comes over, sticks his hand out, reintroduces himself. And I said, no, Gary, I said, I remember who you are. And then just being a total jerk, I said, well, what are you doing here? And just being a nosy neighbor. And Gary kind of stood up, you know, kind of shocked him. And, and he goes, no, he goes, it's a community thing. And we've got an interest in this. And he goes, and he stands up straight. He goes, why are you here? And I told him everything, timeline had happened, all the people I'd talked to and all that stuff. And everything had fallen through. I said, uh, you know, I just thought I'd come here and maybe uh, Huntington Bank will want to play. Let's make a deal now. And uh, he said, uh, well, how much would you give for it? And they had a minimum set. I said, uh, well, I, I'd pay the minimum. And uh, he says, you got 20% to put down? And I said, yeah. He says, you buy it, I'll finance it. And I squared up with him there on the floor. And I said, no, are you just talking big or are we making business? He said, no. He said, I'll do it. I said, then you shake hands on it. And we shook hands standing there on the concrete and no more than got done shaking hands. And the uh, auctioneer came over to me and he goes, I don't know if you know this or not, but you're my only registered bidder. And I said, wow. I said, I don't know about you, but I smell blood in the water. <laughs> and he said, I had a feeling you were going to say that. Uh, he says, so what do you want to do? So we made an offer. And uh, there was there was four guys standing over by what is the you know, Joshua knows the glass doors, and um, two of them were from USDA and two of them were from Huntington Bank. And so he goes over and talks to him, comes back and he goes, "They won't do it." And I said, "Okay, raise the offer and tell them I'm walking out." And he says, "Okay." So he goes over, comes back, he goes, "You see the two guys in the dark, uh, the brown suits?" And I said, "Yeah." He said, uh, they're with Huntington Bank. He said, they don't have any authority at all. He said, they were sent here with a folder and some pieces of paper, and they were told what they can do. And he goes, they, they can't deviate from it. He says, you see the other two guys in the black suits? And I says, yeah. And he goes, they're from the USDA. They have even less authority than the guys from Huntington mm -hmm. Bank. So he says, you got to make a decision. You either take their offer and, and go with it or uh, – or we're done here. And he goes, I can tell you. He goes, USDA, they'll board this thing up. It can sit here for six years. They don't care. He said, the, the deal's already done. I said, all right. So I, I said, I'll do it. And so he said, well, we got papers to sign and stuff. So that's, that's how we came about that God either blessed me or cursed me. With, sure. uh, owning so, C bar C. C bar C Expo, just for the people listening that don't know, it's it's an amazing place. So it's a five acre facility in Cloverdale, Indiana, all under one roof, and just year round events, mostly horse events. And you have one coming up right now, right? The there's one going on right now, a quarter horse yeah. show. Uh, there's 500 horse stalls in the facility, and um, uh, full commercial kitchen. Uh, offices, both a show office and then our, our office for our manager and our uh, marketing director. This horse show that's going on right now is all 500 stalls are full. So we, we're we booked uh, about 46, 47 weekends out of the year. And um, 
our total economic impact to the state's over $220 million. Amazing. And that was just kind of a, a little bit of a, a little bit of a dream and a whole lot of patience, basically, that, that brought that around. A lot of story. So, yeah. Let's talk about the beginning of the pandemic, because that, you, that obviously had an effect on, on you. But, um, but from the group's point of view, the Go Be Love and the Facebook group, when the pandemic hit and, and you knew that there was going to be at least a little bit of time that you were not going to be able to have a show or you actually gave us a call and had opened up your kitchen and donated just loads. Uh, I, I wish since it's audio, you can't see it, but the pictures that we have of just the turkeys and the bags of vegetables and just so much stuff that we were able to uh, give multiple, multiple families with. So uh, one, just thank you for that. And then talk about what it was like in the beginning, you know, days and, and why that was something that, that you had on your heart or why you decided to do that in that week or that time? Well, you know, we're a, we're a business that, that we're not sitting on a bunch of excess cash and that, Hey, if we don't work for two months or whatever, you know, that's no big deal. Uh, we're done. We're not structured that way. And so we've got to, we got payments to make and we got to keep rolling. And, uh, when the pandemic came along, uh, you know, your first thing was disbelief. It's like, oh, this isn't going to be that big a deal. You know, they're playing a lot of games with it or whatever. And then when you realize that it is real and they seriously are going to shut you down, um, then it starts to be, uh, well, I, one of the phone calls that I got in initially, and this is just an, another example of Gary, uh, Gary Neese, the bank president, calls me. and He goes, hey, just understand it's all okay. You're going to be all right. So don't worry about it. And that took a huge load off of me. And, uh, and, and yet at the same time, I mean, those, those bills keep running, mm -hmm. you know. So then it began, you began to look at, okay, how long? Well, with perishable food, it, it doesn't matter, you know. <laughs> it doesn't matter whether it's one month or five months. I mean, when you got all this food, because we um, – we have to restock every week and, and the shutdown thing came along. I mean, just like in the course of about two weeks. And so we, or maybe a little less. So, you know, it is, it all happened pretty fast mm -hmm. in, in our system and everything. So, I mean, luckily, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't see myself as being a real charitable person, but I, I, I know sometimes my mind doesn't work that way. And, and luckily, I mean, it's like I always tell people, I'm just living proof that God looks out for a dumbass. <laughs> and, you know, I, I just happen to think about, well, you know, what could we do with this food and everything? And you don't want to throw it out. So it's like, hey, look at what Joshua's doing. And, you know, Joshua had been with us four years. Mm -hmm. yeah, but yeah, almost five, yeah. Almost four, five. five. And uh, so, I mean, we were watching what he was doing after he'd left C bar C and, and obviously, I mean, it's a very easy thing to believe in. And, uh, I'm just really lucky that we thought about, well, Hey, let's just call Joshua and see if this can help in some way. Cause I mean, otherwise there, it was not, there's nothing we could do with it really. Yeah. And it was just such a blessing. I mean, to be able to just not only give, you know, at that point, like the grocery stores, I mean, especially when I came to C bar C and loaded up everything that Steve and Bryce gave, at that point, the grocery stores were, like, out of food. So we, had, Alyssa and I had gone to, like, a Meyer and a Walmart earlier that day where they had, um, like, a, a, a pack, one single package of hot dogs in the entire meat section 
for all the meat. And so we have these families that are saying we can't get out or we don't have money and we, we don't have food and we have the, we have kids, you know, and that, that was a real burden on us. And then to be able to get that call and, you know, go into it, not knowing, but then to have overflowing car loads of, of food to be able to just instantly distribute. And it did not take very long, but we were able to just bless so many families and it really did get distributed throughout Indiana. So it was just a cool thing, but. Well, but in that, I mean, you know, okay. So we gave the food, Joshua drove all the way out there <laughs> and got it and got it to the people and all that stuff. I mean, I, I feel like what we did was, was just this tiny little part. I mean, it's really important though. I think for everyone, if went in definitely time and times like that of real darkness and struggle, when we all just use the little bit of thing skills that we have, right? I I had free time because the pandemic left me with a lot of free time, but I didn't have access to food or the, or able to be able to do that. So when we partnered together, you know, just what your little bit and my little bit, it became like something that really blessed people. So. It's, it's really, I think, important for everyone to just know that each little bit that you give is that ripple effect. So your little, your thought that was just like, what do we do with this food? Let's call Joshua turned into a thing that then spread out over Indiana and fed families and, and kept, you know, gave comfort for a little while. But it's awkward um, for me to hear you say that you don't think you're a tradable guy because I feel like I know you pretty well. Um, we worked pretty close together. And one of the things um, I would say just the reason that I, I was with you for so long and were, was you, you know, your quality and who you are from the second I met you, you just have this uh, empathy. And when you're talking to you, you feel like you're the only thing that exists in the world. So um, I know that you're really involved in other, other charitable things all over Cloverdale. So Cloverdale isn't like your hometown. That's not where you're from. And you didn't no. necessarily have attachment to it in any way before the CBRC Expo Center came about. Right? Yeah, that's exactly right. You, what is really unique, I think, for a business owner is that you just you knew that you were in the community or for whatever reason you decided that because we're here, we're going to be a part of this community. And I would say um, extremely involved in the FFA and allowing them to be 100% a part of CBRC and uh, then uh, just the Clover Cops and Christmas things that you do. So I just really want to know, like, what is your motivation? You, I, I know some of your story and I know that you've worked hard your entire life. And I think that everything that you have, there's proof of your hard work and your sweat and your blood that got it to you. So you're at a place now, me starting out in life, looking at you saying like, oh man, I hope I'm there one day. Right. And I hope when I get there that I have that same mentality and that same empathy for human beings. And then I use the blessings that my hard work gives me to bless other people. But why do you do that? And what makes you that way? What, what can we learn from why Carl is Carl? Well, I, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a, about handouts. I, I'm just not. I, I, I don't, I don't want them myself, and I don't want to give people handouts. But I want to give people the framework to take something and and be successful with it. So, I mean, just like FFA. I mean, we, we weren't, you know, we weren't dumping a bunch of money on the FFA. We weren't uh, um, standing there helping them with everything. We gave them an opportunity. So here you got the facility, you know, you, you've got some of our workers, you got what you need, but now take it and run with it and make something out of it. And that's, that's all I want to do for people. I mean, I, I never really, you know, you look at, at how much I've inherited in my life and it's, it's tiny. And uh, so, you know, our success didn't come from, from some sort of gift. 
but, but our success did come from opportunity. And, and when those opportunities came along, I mean, I'd like to think we did. We took the chances. There's no two ways about it. We took a lot of chances. And there were times that I failed. Uh, I mean, I've, you know, my wife's told me, she goes, think, think about where we'd be if you hadn't done some of the things you've done, you know, that tried some of the things you tried. Well, that's true. But think about where we would be if I didn't have guts enough to try. And so I want to give people that same opportunity. And, you know, I, I want them to feel what it's like when you accomplish something. And, and that there, there's no replacing that. And, and just like Cindy and I, there, there's no replacing what it's like for a husband and wife to work together on something and to, to struggle and to fail sometimes. And, but when you succeed and when it works, you know, you did that together. And, and there, there's, no, there's nothing else that replaces that. That's awesome. That's beautiful. So that opportunity is really just amazing. I think, I mean, it's it's great talking to you, but I think one of the greatest things, what was the, you said earlier, if God wants us to have it, we'll have it. If yep. he doesn't want us to have it, we don't want we it. We don't want it. <laughs> and I love that we don't want it part. I think, I don't know, if, uh, that may be the first time I've heard it or it just hit me a different way today. But, um, man, I hope everyone, I hope you take that to heart because, uh, just such a beautiful message. And I think I just from knowing you, Carl, and, and some of the things that you've done and just the the humble way at which you're presenting yourself right now, because uh, for me, you are like what a giver is and what a community, what community service is. And um, I just really from the bottom, I'm glad that we have this opportunity and I just appreciate everything that you've done, you know, for me and my family. Um, when I when I came across you, I know I wasn't much, and you, I feel like you gave me a chance, and you stuck with me. And when I hit my rock bottom and, and fell to the ground, you stuck with me. And you, it was really that opportunity to keep just have something to have C bar C and something to to hold on to that that you know that helped a lot for me to be able to climb back up and get where I am today. And and I think that the Go Be Love movement and that everything that comes from it and the ripple effect that we create from this podcast and everything else is really plays you play a big part in who I am and and why I am the way I am because the example that you set for Cloverdale and for your your family and just for all of us and in, in, in the horse community and the tractor pulling community and all of those people that that I just appreciate who you are and I I thank you so much for the time that you've taken to come here today and and tell your story and well, be with us. You're very welcome but but you know always keep in mind Josh. I mean, you know, why why did I stick with you as you say it, you know? I mean, it was all the things that I saw in you. You know, it just, I mean, you could see what the core of Joshua was. And so, I mean, it, it doesn't matter who it is that works for us. I mean, we, we've got all these people. Uh, some of them come and go. But the ones that last, you know, it, it's just not hard to find something good about them. Just everyday people. You know, they may not have any money. It's most everybody that works for smokes, you know, and, and, and uh, who knows what else they do, but, but when they show up for work, they're good workers and, and they're good people, you know, and, and when you see that, just like in Joshua, you know, you don't, you don't just throw something out because, you know, it, it's got a flaw because I mean, I've had all those flaws too. And you, you just look for the good in people like Joshua and then you just, just keep watching it grow, and and it did, and it does. Awesome. 
Well, guys, I just appreciate you taking time to listen to us. Uh, this little bit from Carl, I hope that we'll have you back and we'll talk more just about your life and your journey and, and you and Cindy. I think that's a great example of what a good, strong marriage can be for the rest of us. I hope that you enjoyed listening to this and know that if you're out there hurting, you're not alone. Go to gobeloveinc.com and sign up for a free phone call from me and I will get a hold of you immediately. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. Go be loved.